You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we have an exciting show planned for you today. Hector Munoz, the CEO of Senior Helpers of Orange County, is my guest. Hector, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rick. I've been excited to have you on the show since we talked earlier this year. And so let's get right into it. Sure. What was your motivation to leave the corporate world to become an entrepreneur? Well, that that's a, a great question. And, and I'll tell you, it really just starts with my upbringing. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, both my, my parents, uh, you know, when they moved to California, they were entrepreneurs and they owned jewelry stores. They then evolved to Mexican restaurants. They owned a couple of Mexican restaurants, uh, but they also invested in real estate and had multiple investment properties that they managed. And so I, I was I was brought in at a very young age, and I saw that uh, you know the benefits and the struggles, but mostly the benefits of being entrepreneurs. And um, it was something that I always I always had in me. And obviously, you know, I uh, I was in corporate America for a very long time, for over twenty five years. Uh, with with you know good good success, right. but I always had that 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 you know piece inside of me that was always looking at okay what else can I do, and so while at corporate America back in 2007 we actually you know started a really real estate investment company as well, and so I, I did I had my you know obviously my day job but also evenings and on the weekends we were managing real estate investment properties throughout the country. And so I've been an entrepreneur for a while, but you know, during the COVID era and there a lot of people did this, right? There was there was a time to really kind of look in the mirror and reflect on, you know, what I wanted to do with the next chapter of my life. I'm fortunate enough to have two children that are off to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have those handcuffs if you will that many do. And so I said, listen, you know, we always talked about my wife and I about really getting into business uh, on our own once our kids were off to school. And, you know, this was the time, you know, I've made a a great deal of wealth uh, for many brands, for many companies, for many franchisees. And I felt, you know, this was the right time to bet on myself and take all the things that I learned over the course of the last 25 years and apply them to an industry that is in great need. And, and that's really one of the reasons why, I, you know, I've, I've just been an entrepreneur all my life. I've worked since I was seven, waiting tables, washing dishes, you name it. And so I guess you could say I've pretty much been an entrepreneur all my life. Okay. So uh, I love the journey. I too spent 20 plus years in the corporate world before I decided to bet on myself and become a full-fledged 100% entrepreneur. I'm wondering, what have you learned in the year plus since you became a full-time entrepreneur? Right. Well, I'll tell you, it's a, it's been a very humbling experience to say the least. Uh, you know, when you're in corporate America and when you've, you know, experienced the, the growth and the learning that I have, you, you come into a different industry and you say, well, I'm just going to apply all the skill sets and all the <laughs> knowledge I have and just keep doing it right, right. the way I know. Right. But that's not really the way it works. You need you need to you know humble yourself, uh, embrace humility, and and just feel comfortable learning. Um, you know because you know you have to learn you know these different industries and these different uh, uh, businesses. 
And you really need to, again, be okay doing things differently than you once have. Um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, networking is everything. When you're in corporate America, you don't really do a whole lot of networking. You do a little bit, but not, it's not as critically important uh, as it is today uh, when you're an entrepreneur, rather. Uh, the other thing that I would say, and, in, in, you know, the, the infamous Gordon Gecko in Wall Street said, you never get emotional about business, but being an entrepreneur is, is emotional. You know, it's, it's full of ups and downs, right? You have some good days when you're like, you just feel like you're unstoppable. And then there are other days where you're like, huh, did I really make the right decision? And so, uh, and so, you know, you know, I just go back and I tell myself, you know, life isn't linear, right? You know, you, you have good days and you have not so good days. And if you have more good days than the not so good days, then you're doing all right. And, and you can't let the daily wins and losses really bother you. You got to, you got to make, you got to maintain focus on the bigger picture, on the mission, on the purpose of the organization and let these, you know, again, I'll call them wins and losses, just kind of bounce off of you because you can't, you can't, you can't let them impact you because it'll, 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 it'll put your, your mind in a different place. So, so I think that's one of the big things that I've learned uh, being an entrepreneur. Hector, you said that very well. I too, had to unlearn some of the things that made me successful in the corporate world to feel like and to be able to realize what it means to be a successful entrepreneur. I, I felt in my corporate career, I put 100% of myself, my available self into my job, and I really thought I had been tested. But what I quickly learned as an entrepreneur, there's another depth of what you need to put into your business to be successful. And that sounds like what you were articulating as well. Oh, absolutely. So if you haven't walked the entrepreneurial journey because you're in the corporate world and you think, I can do that, I'm sure you can. But as Hector so eloquently said, there are some things you know today you're going to have to unlearn to be That's successful. Correct. And only life will show you what those are once you're in the game of being an entrepreneur. That's right. And, and, and you have to embrace change, right? right? Because this is very, very different than, than what you know corporate America is. And you have to be open with that. And to be honest with you, it's hard, right? I mean, if you've been plugged and programmed a certain way for so many years to unprogram yourself and, and to do things a little bit differently, things, quite frankly, that maybe at times you think are beneath you, um, you have to quickly get past that. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. When I left the corporate world in 2007, my Rolodex was really the people I needed to run a global organization but was very thin in Orange County. I had, right. to, I had to work hard to build my reputation and relationships in my market to be a successful entrepreneur because the people in Dubai or in Pittsburgh weren't necessarily going to help me to build the business here in Orange County. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So your decision when you left the corporate world was to purchase a franchise. I'm wondering, can you share with us the decision process that you went through to come up with that final decision as the right one for you at this time? Absolutely. It was uh, it really was a no brainer. And the reason I say that is is during my time of reflection and when I was thinking about do I want to make this transition, I really dug in deep to understand what is it about my corporate experience that I really enjoyed the most. Right. 
And I had to really think it through. You know, there, there were a lot of things, a lot of experiences, obviously the constant learning, the relationship, all those things. But when you really boil it down, it came to, you know, turning a business around or fixing a problem. But it also came down to working with franchisees. Those were the two things that I really enjoyed the most. And so I said, okay, those are the two things I enjoy the most and closing the deal, right? Then I said, okay, then then I want to become a franchisee because I really respect that model. Uh, and I want to be in a situation where I can, you know, be the deal maker and, and I close the deal. Like, for example, you know, in my real estate investment business, there's nothing more exhilarating than closing a deal, whether it's selling a house, buying a house or getting a new tenant. And I just wanted to feel that again. And, and that's one of the reasons why I got into this particular business, because we're helping folks, but we're also closing deals, which is something I really loved. And the other thing is, you know, again, given my 25 plus years of experience, I've seen thousands of franchisees, right? I've met them. I know them still to this day. And I've seen the really, really good ones, the successful ones, and I've seen what they've done well. And I've seen the really, really bad ones hmm. and, you know, the ones that weren't successful and saw where their mistakes lied and everything in between. And so I said to myself, well, I have 25 years plus worth of franchise business knowledge. Well, let me become a franchisee and take those 25 years of experience and apply it to my business and be that ideal franchisee that really is in a position to leverage in a positive way everything that the franchisor has to offer. And to me, you, 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 that takes time to learn. Because if you're just, you know, if you're in, if you don't understand the franchise model and you sign up as a franchisee, well, you're going to complain about, you know, the X percent that you need to pay, the royalties that you need to pay every month. You're going to complain. You're going to see that as a burden. I don't. I look at it as an investment. And my goal is if I'm paying X, I'm going to get X and Y in return. And that's, that's been my philosophy because I've seen it work. And again, that's something that I try to preach to, to my fellow franchisees. It's not a burden. You signed up for this, but it's your job to be able to maximize the benefit. That's a very healthy approach because uh, I can very much see how franchisees and franchisors, even though they're on the same playing field, feel like they have a very different role in the business. And that, right. can, that can be a challenge. So I, I applaud you for probably not only being recognized by the franchisor, but also being a positive influence on your peer franchisees. But let's let's talk about what it is you do and what you bought. So expl <laughs> explain to us Senior Helpers of Orange County. Well, absolutely. So we're, we, Senior Helpers, we basically focus on companionship care as well, as well as personal care in an effort to keep our seniors at home. Um, as you know, the, the senior population is growing just leaps and bounds every day. And we haven't even hit the sweet spot no. of the baby boomers that are going to be needing these types of services. And I will tell you, you know, we've obviously met a, a lot of individuals and the need is, is real. And, and we know that the need is real because, quite frankly, I experienced it with my father when I was living in Miami working for Burger King. And he was here in Southern California and he was ill. Um, you know, he had a series of challenges, but
but my mother had dementia. So she wasn't in a position she could be his caregiver. So I basically, you know, had to find a friend of a friend who did okay uh, and help my father. But I always knew there, there could be more and there was a better way of doing this. My wife, on the other hand, her father was ill, but her mom was healthy and she, her mom took care of her dad. So my wife saw basically the, the burden that it put on, the, on her mom as the caregiver. And so we saw from two different perspectives and we just realized that, you know what, there, this is something that could be done better and something that could be done with more empathy and something that could be done in, you know, in an effort to keep our seniors in, in a, you know, be able to have them, you know, live gracefully, age gracefully in a better environment than perhaps maybe they currently are. And so it's, it's an industry that's near and dear to our heart, but because we lived it, you know, we, we both lived it, we experienced it. But it's also an industry where the need is real and we want to be able to go in there and give them and really elevate the level of care that we currently provide. So companionship care could be anything from, you know, medication reminders, uh, you know, light meal prep, you know, making sure that, that our seniors are staying hydrated, you know, cleaning, light housekeeping around the house you know, washing the linen, things of that nature. It gets into personal care where it can get into more, you know, personal things like, you know, assistance with going to the restroom, um, you know, bathing, dressing, things of that nature. And then the other element of care that we provide uh, through a proprietary program called Senior Gems, which is a collaboration between senior helpers and renowned cognitive expert, Tipa Snow. We have this program that is, that is a, this training program that is highly targeted on providing the, the, the best in class care to our clients with dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm. And as I'm sure you know, Rick, um, unfortunately, there is, there is a growing population uh, of individuals once they get older that are suffering from dementia and from Alzheimer's. And so, you know, we, we felt that, you know, this was the right franchisee for us because of the fact that, you know, they had this specialization but also because of the fact that it really focused on not only the tasks at hand, but also providing engagement with our seniors, which is critically important. Many of our clients we've seen are just in a, you know, for lack of a better word, in a, in a rut, right? Mm -hmm. they, they just get up, they do their thing, and next you know it, they're watching TV and they go to bed. And there's just so much more, right? We want them to live a higher quality of life. So we make sure that we train all our caregivers to be in a position where they can provide that engagement. It could be doing a puzzle. It could be watching a, you know, a football game. It could be listening to music in the backyard. It could be reading a book. It could be, you know, painting a, a portrait, you name it. And, and we just, we, we seek those different types of activities that our clients either enjoy to do or enjoy doing now. And we make sure that our caregiver puts that and makes that a part of their care plan because engagement is, is critical. It gives, it gives our clients a purpose and quite frankly, something to look forward to. Look forward to. So every day is not the same, you know? That's Heck right. It, it's interesting because earlier this week, <clears throat> I had a guest, Sherry Snelling, and she's a corporate gerontologist. And one of the stats that she spoke about is that in eight years, there will be more people over the age of 65 than under the age of 18 for the first time in this country's history. So I love it. Two things. When an entrepreneur creates a business based on a personal experience, 
check the box for you and your wife. And two, when they also find a macroeconomic trend that can That's kind right. of be a tailwind for them. And you certainly are in a growing industry because of the aging of our population. So congratulations on two fronts, my friend. Yeah, no, no, thank you, thank you. And I will tell you the one, the one additional thing is that, you know, I have the benefit of bringing my experience to the table and my wife has the benefit of bringing her experience to the table, which is all about hospitality and creating a phenomenal experience. Hmm. So you put those two things together and quite frankly, you're turning this industry on its ear. And, and that's our goal to really just, you know, not to use a, an overly used word as disrupt, but we really want to change, you know, we want to change the way we do business because we think there's a need. And quite frankly, we believe that our seniors deserve more. So, so I agree with you. And that's a perfect segue into the next thing I want to talk to, with you about here on the program is that, you know, you have this strong marketing background, 25 years plus with recognized restaurant chains, Brugos Bagels and El Pollo Loco, just to name two of many. I'm wondering, what did you learn during that experience that is really helping you? Because we talked about the things that you had to unlearn to be a successful entrepreneur. But I'm wondering, you have all this great experience with companies with budgets and all the rest of that. Uh, what what have you learned that you're using now to really help your current firm to grow? Yeah, no, absolutely. And thanks for that question. I mean, I think in general, just my general business acumen, right? I've been able to really develop that over the course of the you know 25 plus years um, through real you know life experience, you know, real wins and and some losses. So I think it it really helped develop my my outlook and my my view of how to effectively run a business. Um, you know, I said this a little bit earlier, being involved in the franchise business model, I've been able to see what, again, a successful franchisee looks like and how they work with the franchisor and how they manage their business. And I've seen the opposite. Right. And, and so I want to I want to make sure that I that I, you know, leverage the, the positive and, and, you know, the, the franchisees that have won, you know, the thing, the learnings that I that I saw there, I want to make sure that I apply those to my business. Um, obviously, from a marketing perspective, um, I know how to effectively market. Uh, as importantly, especially in our industry, I know the power of digital marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of it because I understand it. You know, I believe in it. And so I'm always looking to, you know, you know, retune it, redefine it, fine tune it, if you will, so that we can be as effective as possible versus shy away from it. But but I think the one thing that that I learned and I learned this when I was at Popeye's you know, to give credit where credit is due. Um, we had a phenomenal CEO. Her name was Cheryl Batchelder. And she introduced the concept to the organization, which I embraced, the, the culture of servant leadership. And, and it's something where you put the needs of your team and the enterprise and the franchisees ahead of your own, right? That's, that's servant leader culture, servant leader, the culture of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And when I dig in deep, I think about I've been doing this all my life. I mean, if you think about it, when I was seven years old, I was a servant leader. I was I was putting the needs of my customers ahead of mine. Heck, my needs were I want to go outside and play ball, you know, but I, I wasn't doing that because I was serving the needs of the enterprise, which were my parents and my customers, which came in to order food. And so I've been a servant leader uh, all my life. 
But it wasn't until my experience at Popeye's where really all came together and I really understood it. And so we believe in that culture. And that's the culture that we're establishing here in Orange County, in our office, with our clients and our caregivers. And, you know, we have it up in the walls, you know, and, and, and stationary because we believe and we preach it. We put the needs of our caregivers and our clients ahead of our own. And that's why you could see back there, it says caregiver support center, because that's what this is. And we tell our clients and we tell our caregivers they're equals. And they're, it's not the client here and the caregiver here. They're equals because you can't do one without the other. So I would say, you know, again, in a nutshell, understanding the franchise business model, just overall the development of, of my business acumen, marketing and digital marketing, the importance of it, but culture and, and how it's important to have and foster and nurture an important, you know, a culture in our industry. And quite frankly, I can't speak for other home care agencies. I don't know them. I just don't know that they really believe in it, in, in a culture or have one. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you right now, knock on wood, our turnover is very low, um, which which is half the fight here. Yes. And I think that, that part of it is due to the fact that we really live by the servant leadership culture. It isn't just lip service. It's how we treat our caregivers, how we treat our clients and the respect and the courtesy and the kindness that we demonstrate. So that's great that you were able to, we're doing the other side of the coin, which is what you had to unlearn, but then what you wanted to not forget from your corporate experience that is making a differentiated brand here in Orange County for you and your wife and all your clients and, and employees. I'm wondering, in this role as franchise owner and business owner, entrepreneur, where are you going, Hector, to gain access to the other entrepreneurs in Orange County who have insights and experiences that can help you stay ahead of your competition and grow your business? Yeah, no, that a great question again, Rick. Um, obviously, I would say first and foremost, it's uh, the Greater Irvine Chamber of Commerce, which is, you know, again, I was never a big chamber person. I didn't need to be. <laughs> So, uh, so I don't know what to compare it to, but I don't know that there's any comparison. I mean, okay. there, it's just a phenomenal uh, group of individuals and organization that I have a lot of respect for, and I try to participate as much as I can. Um, so that that's one area. But I'm also a, a firm believer. I'm a constant learner. And so I, I reach out to other entrepreneurs uh, within the community or even outside of the community that are within the industry. I just had a meeting right before this, this broadcast with another home care agency who's out in the, the Whittier area. Different company, different organization, but through networking, we got a chance to meet and we just talked shop. You know, are we competitors? Probably, but that's okay. You know, we can we can put the flags down for a little bit and uh, and just talk shop and figure out how we can help each other as as just business people, as entrepreneurs. So I would say it's just constant networking within and outside of the industry and really, you know, taking advantage of what your chamber has to offer mm -hmm. and, and not being afraid to ask questions. Again, this goes back to, you know, you know, being humble, right. And appreciating humility. Um, you have to, right. Because yes, I was in a C-suite in, in QSR in rest the restaurant industry and marketing, but now I'm, I'm a CEO of a home care agency, which is vastly different. I don't have the answers and I have to be okay with that as I learn. And, and if, if I have an attitude where I think I know everything and I could bring the learnings from my experience here, then I'm not going to win. 
Right. And, um, and, you know, as they say, failure is not an option. Yeah. You could either think, you know, it all, or you think you have to show like, you know, it all, which That's are right. both very dangerous places to fall into because we always have to be open to other people's learnings and teachings. So I'm wondering as you're growing your firm, what's tomorrow hold Hector, what's your vision for the future? Sure. Well, I'm a firm believer of, of the saying, go big or go home. Okay. And so, so that, that's, that's our, that's our vision. I mean, we want to scale in order to be able to help hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, and quite frankly, it could even be more than that. I mean, you know, the population, it's, it's, it's a, it's a silly number of individuals that are going to meet, need our support and our services. And I want us to get to a point where we can, again, we can just scale and grow so that one, we can provide that much needed proper care and service for our, our seniors, our beloved seniors, but also, you know, provide employment opportunities mm. or, you know, a class of quite frankly, employees that maybe haven't received the respect in the past that they rightfully deserve. Because if you think about it, you have to have it in your heart to want to be a caregiver. It's not like being a cashier at a restaurant. Right. It's got to be something you want to do. And nine out of 10 times, it's based on an experience, a personal experience you had. And so we want to provide the, the respect, the growth opportunity, the wealth, the lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, that they rightfully deserve. Because that the job that they do, again, unlike you know making fries at a restaurant, is, is very, very important. And so it's we're we're in growth mode. That's that's why we're here. We want to help, and we want to help our caregivers and our clients. So if someone would like to learn more about you, Hector, or your firm, where do you direct them to go online? Well, I mean, they could go first of all. They can go to seniorhelpers.com, and then obviously it's it's you know you have your backslash South Orange County. And then a backslash again. It's a my it's a small micro site off of the major site. <laughs> you can also find us on LinkedIn, Senior Helpers of, of South Orange County. We're there. But I would I would encourage anybody that's interested in yeah. our services, just you know, go on Google and type in Senior Helpers of South Orange County. We're based in Irvine. And um, and and give us a call or look us up. I mean, we're we're here again. Our our what we say is we're here to help, period. So if someone just has a couple of questions, we'll, we'll help them. We'll answer those questions. Um, if someone is looking for some guidance, we'll provide the guidance to the best of our ability. So don't feel obligated that you have to work with us. Just look at us as a resource. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, maybe we don't have the, the resource you need, but chances are we know someone who does. And we could at least provide that for you. So just, you know, look us up, give us a call, go on the website, send us an email. Um, we're here to help. Well, I want to thank you for giving of your time and your energy and enthusiasm for your new industry and wish you nothing but continued success. Thank you, Hector. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Appreciate I'd like it. To, oh, you're welcome. I'd like to thank the audience for being a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Hector's episode was episode number 1,359 in our catalog. If you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you'd like to tell your story, then connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, or visit my website, rickfranzi.com, and we can start a conversation and get you on the show. Until the next time we all have a chance to be together, 
I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.